Blog Talk Radio.
lift up your voice to God. Would you call on the name? Yeah. God, we hear you calling. We hear you calling. We hear you calling, Jesus. Can you hear the voice of the Lord? God calling you tonight, tonight, you can hear the voice of God calling you, hey, come, calling you by name, waiting on you, would you lift your voice and say, I'm running to you, I'm running to you, I hear you calling me, of the Lord.
Father God, I thank you for another opportunity, God, to sit before your people to tell them what God says, the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that somebody's going to be changed and delivered on tonight, God. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to move however you see fit on tonight, God. Use me, God, for the benefit of your people, God, that your name may get the glory. So God be the glory. I thank you for everybody, God, that's listening on the phone lines. I thank you for everybody that's listening online. Thank you for everybody that's listening on the podcast. I give you glory and honor and praise for them on tonight. I thank you for the the family, families and the households that they represent on tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Prophet Stacy. Thank you for taking the time to join me on tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Let's get right into it for tonight. The foundational text comes from comes from Genesis twenty nine verses eighteen through thirty two. Again, the foundational text is Genesis twenty nine verses eighteen through thirty two. And I will be reading it from the NIV. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zelpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah. And then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his servant, Belhah, to his daughter, Rachel, as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also. And his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Check out the last word she said. Surely my husband will love me now. 
Again, that's Genesis 29, verses 18 through 32. Read the whole chapter on your own time. But for the sake of time tonight, I read in your hearing Genesis 29, 18 through 32, NIV. In tonight's foundational text, Leah became Jacob's wife first, only so that her younger sister, who Jacob was really in love with, could become his wife after her and not break their custom. You see, back in their day, it was customary for the older sister to marry first before the younger sister. But did Leah really have to marry Jacob in order to be married first before her younger sister? Think with me. You know I like to make you think on Polyphia. But did Rachel really have to marry Jacob in order to be married first? It seemed like to me the custom just required for her to be married first. So did she really have to marry Jacob in order to be married first before her younger sister? Couldn't she have married someone else who worked for her father or or someone else that she knew in general? Couldn't she just marry somebody else that was working for her father or maybe just marry someone else she knew in general? Why did it have to be Jacob? That's a good question. And I'm going to leave it just like that. But that's food for thought. Now, here Leah was trapped in a marriage where she was not loved. Now, here Leah was trapped in a marriage where she was not loved. Somebody, you can relate to right now. You're in a marriage where you're not loved. So it leads me to believe that Jacob wasn't the only one who didn't know how to love Leah. It leads me to believe that Jacob wasn't the only one who didn't know how to love her. Her own father, Laban, didn't know how to love her either, even though she was his biological daughter. He didn't know how to love her, but he sure didn't have a problem using her to secure his business deal with Jacob. You can see that in tonight's foundation of text. He didn't mind using her to secure his business deal with Jacob. And really, that's all it was, a business deal. If he worked for more for Laban, then he would get what he wants. But he had to put in the work. So it was a business deal. You do this, and I do that. That's a business deal. He didn't mind using her to secure his business deal with Jacob. I mean, as a father, how are you going to let your daughter marry someone you know is not in love with her, but is in love with your younger daughter? He didn't know how to love her. That's toxic all by itself. Laban couldn't have had a conscience. I conclude that Laban couldn't have had a conscience. But you know what? That's life. Some of you grew up with a biological parent. Some of you grew up with a biological parent, with a step-parent who had no idea how to love you, how to be there for you. All they knew how to do was use you for whatever benefited them. All they knew how to do was use you for whatever benefited them. Somebody listening under the sound of my voice, your mother. God says your mother. It was your biological mother, to be exact. Your your biological mother used you to support her drug habit. You were her trade-off to get more drugs. 
I won't say more because the Holy Spirit says if I just say that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Know this, that God is not trying to shame you by calling out your past. Whoever you are, I need you to know that God is not trying to shame you by calling out your past. He's never trying to shame you, but but it's always to heal you, to deliver you. He's not trying to shame you by bringing up what your biological mother did to you. He's not trying to shame you. He's trying to heal you. He's trying to deliver you on tonight. So I need you to hear me and hear me real good. You are not anyone's trade-off anymore. You are not anyone's trade-off anymore. Your days of being used are over. Your days of being used are over in the name of Jesus. God says using you is the same as abusing you. And it's over. It is over. So tonight's message is entitled Toxic Relationships. Tonight's message again is entitled Toxic Relationships. Now God told me if you're going to talk about toxic relationships, talk about it all. That's why I started off the way that I did. He said talk about it all. Not just the Jacob and Leah type of toxic relationship because every toxic relationship is not a man and a woman. It could be a parent and a child relationship, or it could be a friendship like Abnon and Jonadab in Second Samuel 13 from the New King James. In the New King James, Jonadab is referred to as Abnon's friend. And in the text, Abnon was struggling with inappropriate feelings he was struggling with inappropriate feelings. He was struggling with the inappropriate feelings he was having for his sister. And it's, and instead of Jonadab laying hands on Abnon and praying that he be released from this ungodly spirit of lust, no, 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 Jonadab does the opposite. He actually promotes it. He pushes it to go even further by telling Abnon just how he could get his sister in the bed. Toxic relationship. If they can see you struggling with sin the way Abnon was struggling with sin, if they can see you struggling with sin and not point you to Jesus, it's time you resist that devil. Hear me tonight. If you got a friend in your life and they see you struggling with whatever you're struggling with, they see you struggling with sin, and they don't point you back to Jesus. It's time that you resist that devil. Stand firm against him. And the Bible says he will run from you. For so long we had it wrong. Be running from the devil. Well, no, but the Bible says that if you stand firm against him, he will run from you. You don't run from the devil. He will run from you. I got scripture to bag it up. So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. This James 4 and 7 from the Amplified, the AMPC. The CV says, surrender to God. Resist the devil, and he will run from you. You don't run from him. He will run from you. Resist that devil. I'm telling you tonight, resist that devil. Because they're not trying to help you. I know you think they're your friend, but they're not trying to help you. But they are secretly destroying you. 
Now, please know that some devils look just like friends. Please know that some devils look just like friends, but they're toxic. Remember, that's what we're talking about tonight, toxic relationships. Please know that some devils look just like friends, but they're toxic. The devil knows, you see, the devil knows how to present false illusions. The devil knows how to present false illusions. Illusions, a thing that is or is likely to be wrongly perceived or interpreted. That's what that's the meaning of illusion. A thing that is or is likely to be wrongly perceived or interpreted. It's a false idea or belief. For example, Jonadab. Jonadab did not have Abner's best interest at heart at all. He was toxic. Think about it. Jonadab had to be full of lust himself. Jonadab had to be full of lust himself because he was only interested in bringing Abner's lust, Abner's lustful desires all the way out because he was only interested in bringing Abner's lustful desires all the way out. It didn't matter to him who would get hurt in the process. He didn't try to tell him, man, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be feeling like this. You shouldn't be thinking about thinking about your sister like this. You need to be delivered. Let's check into getting delivered. He didn't do that. He promoted it. He pushed it. He wanted Abner's lustful desire to come all the way out, and it didn't matter who would get hurt in the process. He just wanted it to happen to entice his own lust even more. So he promoted it. He pushed it. I'm telling you tonight, be careful who you call friends. If they promoting the worst part of you, if they see you struggling with something and they promoting that thing and they pushing it, instead of trying to get you to live or trying to help you get to live, instead of trying to tell you this is wrong, this is wrong, something is wrong, you need help. Instead of them trying to help you, they promoting it and pushing it. Be careful who you call a friend. Because I can physically fight Jonadab. You may be laughing, but I can physically fight him. Have you ever read the Bible and it just makes you mad and you can physically, people that's in there, I can physically fight Jonadab and people like him who go around planting demonic ideas in the heads of those who are already struggling with something. That's why I can fight him because he planted that idea in Abner's head. He saw him struggling with it. He didn't have no plans of what to do about his feelings yet. He was struggling with it. So Jonadab takes it upon himself to tell him just how to trap his sister. Abner was struggling with inappropriate feelings, struggling with lust, struggling with the lust he was feeling for his sister to the point that it just made him sick. But like I said, he didn't have a plan, a way to trap his sister until Jonadab. That's why I could fight him. Until Jonadab spoke up and told him exactly what to do to get her in bed. And Tamar got raped because of the seed that Jonadab planted in Abnon's head. So again, I'm going to tell you, be careful who you call friend, because Abnon was calling him friend. If you read it from the NIV, it says something different, but if you go over there to the New King James, it refers to Jonadab as his friend. 
And if you ask me, Jonadab had no love for Abnon, none whatsoever. That's not friendly behavior. Friends don't act like that. Friends want to see you be the best that you can be. Friends want to see you get delivered. If you're struggling with something, your friend wants to see you get delivered. Your friends wants, wants your friend wants to see you live your best life. Your friends your friend wants to see you come out of sin. Your friend wants to see you defeat the devil, not part not partaking what the devil is is trying to get you to do. Jonadab had no love for Abnon, none whatsoever, which brings me to officially talk about Jacob and Leah and tonight's foundational text. I told you, God told me to talk about it all. We talking about it all tonight. Jacob knew how to use Leah from tonight's text. You can tell that tonight's foundational text. You can tell that he knew how to use her because he was birthed from the womb of a trickster. His mother, Rebecca, was married to his father, Isaac, but she had no problem. Check this part out. But she had no problem tricking him, using him, manipulating him to get what she wanted. In Genesis 27. So it comes as no surprise that Jacob could continue using Leah for sex, even though he knew he could never love her, not not in the way that she wanted him to. He knew that, but he kept using her for sex. It, it wasn't all his fault because she kept going back to him for sex, and he kept taking advantage of the moment and using her for sex. But love... Pay attention. Pay attention. So many of us have fallen into situations, found ourselves in a toxic relationship of some kind when all the signs were there. Signs telling us that this person is not capable of being who we need them to be. He was not capable of being the kind of husband she wanted him to be. And some of you, you had parents. They did the best they could, but they weren't capable of being the kind of parents that you needed. And some of you, you got friends right now. They're not the kind of friends that you need. They're just not. I don't care how how, how many times you give them second, third, fourth chance, they are showing you right now that that's the best that they can do. John and Dale was showing Abner all along, this is the best that he could do. God was showing Lee all along that this was the best that he could do. Given where he came from, that was the best that he could do. And I'm sure Leah, if she could, if she could look back and could see now, she would say that Jacob would never be more than just her baby's daddy. She would know that now. She could look back on the situation because a lot of us, we didn't know it was toxic then when we were in it. But looking back on it, we knew that the parents were toxic. We knew that some friends were toxic, and we knew that some relationships were toxic, toxic, just being honest on tonight. I'm sure Leah, if she could look back could see and could see, she would know now that Jacob would never be more than just her baby's daddy. Babies, I said babies, plural, because she kept having children with him, which means he kept using her for sex, and she was allowing it. Y'all are almost entitled this message enabler. Because I kept thinking about how Leah was enabling it. 
She was allowing it. She was enabling it. She was allowing him to use her because she wanted his love. That's how bad she wanted his love. And I want you to know that the only love that you can really rely on is, is the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus. But she wanted his love. That's how bad she wanted him to finally love her. This scenario makes me mad because I see so much of it. I see so much of this in just in just in life in general. I see so much of this. Women having baby after baby after baby, thinking that will keep that man, thinking that will help him, that will help them win his heart. I'm here to tell you that if 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 his heart is a competition, then you don't need him because you shouldn't be trying to win his heart. If you don't already have his heart, you ain't got no business in competition. Over him and nobody else. So stop it. Stop being an enabler. Don't you know that by you enabling them to do what they do, by allowing it, you are really being toxic against yourself. I'm going to say it again for somebody. Stop enabling them. Stop enabling that man for somebody else. Stop enabling that woman. Stop enabling that friend. And just go ahead and forgive your parents because they did the best they can do. Yes, they were toxic too. They did some things that they shouldn't, but forgive them and move on. Stop being an enabler. Don't you know that by enabling them to do what they do, by allowing it, you are really being toxic against yourself. Whether it's a relationship like Jacob and Leah or a friendship like Abnon and Jonadab or a parent-child relationship, if you're old enough to know better, then it's time to do better. If you're old enough to know better, then, beloved, it's time to do better. A lot of, a lot of toxic behavior would stop if you would learn to love yourself. A lot of toxic behavior would stop if you would learn to love yourself and what that really means. If you will learn to love yourself and really find out what that means, because to, to different people it means different things. I want you to focus on this question tonight. What's your love language towards yourself? A lot of toxic behavior will stop if you will learn to love yourself and what that really means. What's your love language towards yourself? Again, I asked you, what's your love language towards yourself? Forget about your love language for your boyfriend, what you want him to give you, do for you, for your for your man or for your woman or for your friend, how you like them to address you. What is your love language towards yourself? That's something to think about. You can answer the question in your own personal time because you need to answer it for yourself. Let's pray. Father God, help us to discern the warning signs, and to break cleanly and completely every toxic relationship, every toxic friendship, every toxic family connection that there is that does not mean us any good. Expose every toxic hidden agenda that lies waiting for us, that appears real, that appears genuine to us, but really is false. We repent of every illusion we believed unknowingly. And, Father God, bring deliverance to everybody struggling with something on tonight. 
You see what it is. You know exactly what it is. Bring your living to everybody struggling with something on tonight. Give them a better friend than Jonadab. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's talk salvation. Scripture says in Romans 10, verses 9 to 13 from the CV, so you will be saved. If you honestly say, Jesus is Lord, this is how you get saved. You honest, you So you will be saved if you honestly say, Jesus is Lord, and you believe with all your heart that God raised him from the dead. God will accept you. I don't care what people have been telling you. People have been saying in your ears, telling you you would never get saved because you ain't good enough. I want you to know that if you honestly say that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, God will accept you. That's what, that's what verse 10 says. God will accept you and save you. If you truly believe this and tell it to others. The scripture goes on to say, these scriptures say, say no one who has faith. These scriptures say that no one that has faith would be disappointed. No matter if that person is a Jew or a Gentile, it don't matter. You will not be disappointed. There is only one Lord, and he is generous to everyone who asks for help. There is only one Lord. How many Lords on tonight? There is only one Lord, and he is generous. To, to everyone who asks for help. And he's generous to everyone who asks for help. All who call out to the Lord will be saved. That's verse 13. All who call out to the Lord will be saved. Again, that's Romans 10, verses 9 through 13 from the CEV. I don't open the phone lines on politify anymore because of the subject matter. The Holy Spirit said it would be better to do one-on-one calls and not embarrass anyone because of the severity of the subject matter. Statement for prolific fire, after all, is prolific fire seeking to help you where you're hurt, which simply means we deal with real issues using the Bible as a reference. So the phone lines are not open on the air, but if you need prayer or Bible-based consultation, call or text 865-408-8690. That's 865-408-8690. One more time, 865-408-8690. Or you can email, feel free to email prolificfire at gmail.com. Somebody listening in tonight, if you feel led to so, but only if you feel led. You can access to PayPal by going to paypal.me slash prolificfire. That's paypal.me slash prolificfire. Or Cash App. It's a dollar symbol and prolificfire. The P in prolific is capital. The F in fire is capital. The ministry's name. The dollar symbol in front, prolific fire. If you get your prayer request in by reaching out to me, or if you don't, either way, still tune in on Friday to be with my sister in ministry, Providence Pay, for Faith on the Line. It's a time of prayer and encouragement. Now, the phone lines will be open on Friday night for your prayer request. So just come and sit in the atmosphere, and if you have a prayer request during that time, please match one on your phone and we would be glad to pray with you during that time. It's Friday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. Call the same number that many of you call tonight, 347-426-3782, 347-426-3782. 
Don't worry, all that information will be up on my social media sites, all of them, including how to reach out for prayer prayer and Bible consultation, all of that. So don't worry. If you didn't get it, don't worry. I'll post it. Then join me back here on Prolific Fire for another word from the Lord, same night, time, and place. I need you to know that I appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to be here on tonight. As my sister in ministry probably just paid with said, you could have been somewhere else, but you were here tonight, and I appreciate it. Tell God be the glory. Everybody have an awesome night in the Lord. I'm out.